Hello and welcome to the Village Halls podcast, sponsored by Allied Westminster, the UK's largest specialist provider of village hall insurance and the home of Village Guard. According to the latest figures from the Office of National Statistics, around 3.7 million adults in the UK say they feel lonely or isolated. Hardly surprisingly, this figure is up by as much as 40% since early 2020, with periods of lockdown clearly making what was already a significant problem for many even worse. Now, of course, no one is immune from loneliness. It, it affects young and old and impacts on those living in rural as well as urban communities. Amy Chambers, who is service lead at Leicestershire and Rutland RCC, which is the region's rural community council charity, has been playing a big part in tackling loneliness. And she's kindly agreed to talk to me today about this issue, what they've been up to there, and, and also how village halls can get involved. Hi, Amy. Good morning, Johnny. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Not too bad on this lovely morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Good. Now, now before we talk about people struggling with isolation, tell me a little bit about Leicestershire and Rutland RCC and also what your relationship is with village halls in the region. Absolutely. So Leicestershire and Rutland Rural Community Council is a charity um, our focus is um, on providing support and representation to the rural communities across um, the two counties. We have a long-standing history of working with um, village halls and, and community buildings in a wider sense too, in which we support them with their work and particularly have a, a close relationship with trustees in providing advice and assistance on, on matters relating to village hall. Um, and that more recently has expanded uh, across a plethora of work, looking at helping them to support their communities in terms of overall well-being. And of course, the reason why we're here this morning to tackle loneliness in their communities as well. And there's equivalence of you as well, isn't there, in different different regions? Yes. Yeah, so there's it's slightly different names in the different areas, but um, there are different equivalents to us across um, the, the sort of regions in which they do similar work supporting the rural communities within their county. Now, now I know loneliness has become a big drive for you there. Um, why is it something that you've been focusing on so much? So we've just heard you speak there about the national statistics and the, the picture is pretty similar for us here in Leicestershire and Rutland. So before the pandemic, the statistics suggested that over 37,000 people across our, our rural com- counties, of, uh, communities within Leicestershire and Rutland suffer from either social isolation or loneliness um, over the last two years. So we see that there's a similar um, picture and we also know that that has increased, as you say, throughout the current situation. And it's become a primary focus of our work um, over the last um, year or so and will continue to be a focus of our work. As I say, we know that it's going to be on the increase. And so it's very important we tackle that and the sort of effects that that has on both mental and physical health as well. And what kind of what part can rural communities, and particularly village halls, for example, play in tackling this issue? Yeah. So, firstly, we, as I say, work closely with halls, and the things that they are already doing, the activities that are in place, are absolutely fantastic. And for a large proportion of people, those activities do provide an opportunity for for connection and meaningful interaction. And I think that that's yeah. the thing with loneliness. Um, there's, there's a distinction between loneliness and social isolation. So you can feel lonely, but but still be interactive and still have connections. It's it's that emphasis on whether you find it meaningful and whether it's purposeful for you 
in your life um and yeah. bringing that sense of connectedness can come in 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 many ways equally it's not always a constant feeling it can occur at certain times weekends holidays and so within communities although you may feel that there's lots of provision available. There are still gaps in supporting certain people with with their own feelings of loneliness or social isolation. Um, there's still a, a stigma in some sense around loneliness and a common misconception, really, that just because there's an active community, that means that there's going to be no individuals um, suffering or that there's going to be opportunities for people to, to become connected. But it's not always the case. Some people yeah. may not feel comfortable to interact with informal groups. So groups that are dominated by sort of organized hobbies, interests, beliefs, that kind of thing, um, and not always yeah. um, appropriate. Some people don't feel confident or comfortable to do that. And so um, our work with village halls and the, the support that we're trying to provide through um, a two-part initiative, which I'm sure will come on to um, shortly is is aimed at supporting yeah. village halls to to gain awareness of the the wider scope of supporting people how it can be done in a more informal way so that it's accessible to to everybody um, and also how they can be um, interactive and and more forthcoming with tackling the issue by reaching out to people who may not as I say want to take part in sort of organised groups but may also be looking for support. Yeah, it's fascinating. So what you're saying is it's easy to imagine that the best way of tackling loneliness is just to offer a range of activities for people to participate in. And that, and that's sort of what village halls naturally do. But really, that's not always enough. It's an interesting perspective. Now, now I know you and others there at the RCC have been getting out and about in the community to tackle loneliness and isolation yourselves. And you've been approaching that in a slightly different way as well. How have you been going about it, Amy? And what kind of people are you finding are particularly vulnerable? Yeah, so we are, um, as I say, offering an initiative that that's sort of two-pronged, really. So we have a mobile um pop-up cafe that uh, pertains to make uh, make up our Coffee Connect project. So we travel to rural communities yeah. across Leicestershire and Rutland, and we provide a welcoming um non-stigmatized informal space for people to come and have a hot drink a tea or a coffee one of the perks of that is that we've got a nice shiny barista coffee kit so you will get um a top quality drink <laughs> the main reason for us doing that is to help tackle the issue of loneliness in a very informal and approachable way so we're hoping that everybody of all ages of all demographics will feel comfortable to just pop by grab a free drink have a quick chat with us uh, and come away feeling either more connected or, or having links into services or information that they may need. A big part of that for us is making sure that we stick within our sort of what we plan to do around it being non-stigmatized and informal. So that means that um, there are no strings attached. We don't really brand ourselves as being there to tackle loneliness per se, but just really to interact with people in the community and, and have a casual conversation and give out the free drinks. But those who do need the support know that we're there to help if needed. Yeah, great idea. Because it's, it's, rather than just being a big event, a big sort of social gathering that would certainly put some people off. It's just about come and have a have a good cup of coffee. Yeah, I like that. It's great. Um, what else? And what else have you been? Uh, what else have you been up to? So the other part of what we offer um, is our in touch loneliness awareness sessions, and these have been designed to help okay. those that attend to take action in tackling loneliness. And what we'll do in this session is cover the common causes and effects of loneliness to give you a better understanding. 
but then take you through ways in which you can reach out, connect, help others um, and share sort of tools and resources that you can use to do that. So it's all about raising awareness of the subject matter, but then making it applicable to you in your specific community and how you could use the resources that we'll provide to, to make a difference for, for the residents that, that are in your community. So I guess, I mean, that's a really good starting point, isn't it, for people who are connected with village halls, for them to understand the issue and then understand a little bit more about about how they can tackle it, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the training is available to anyone. So anyone that lives, volunteers or works in Leicestershire, but particularly those who um, have quite a... Um, influential position so people that work within village halls or are quite active within their community would benefit from the training as it is it will explore ways that you can have an influence through the work that you're already doing and and, and as i mentioned before are you finding any people that are particularly vulnerable or is this something that really genuinely does affect everyone across the board it really does it really does and i think we knew that before before we started we can see that from the statistics there are high levels within all of the age groups, but I suppose more prominently for us, it's seen through anecdotal evidence and it's seen through the the case studies and the scenarios that arise for us when we are out in the coffee van. Although limited because of the yeah. pandemic, we have managed to go out and about and, and, and get ourselves out there. And so we've seen a very varied um, sort of range of people and circumstances from what we've done. Just one example, yeah. we visited a location in the northwest of Leicestershire in which we were there for, for a few consecutive weeks. And um, over that time, a particular group of individuals who were, were dog walkers began to meet up regularly. So Coffee Connect was was the end point to their dog work, walking journey. And within that group, there yeah. were people of, of very varied ages, so some younger and some older people. And they themselves had stated that other, without our support and without Coffee Connect being there, they perhaps wouldn't have um, connected or, or interacted with each other. But as a result of coming together and, and making the connection through Coffee Connect, they've now set up a WhatsApp group. So they regularly message each other and they actually <laughs> plan on going for breakfast um, when the restrictions allow. So it's a real long-lasting friendship, really, that's been created there amongst people of different age groups and different demographics living in different areas of the community who, as I say, otherwise would not have um, collided and, and uh, interacted with each other. But there's a real meaningful yeah. relationship that's been put up on that, and it's beneficial for everybody involved. It helps to alleviate the feelings, particularly during the pandemic, for, for everyone. So, yeah, it certainly is something that... that affects everyone under every circumstance and to varying degrees as well. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Brilliant, brilliant stuff, Amy. Um, is, it, is there anything else you'd like to get across about this or or any other issues? Yeah, I think like I mentioned earlier, um, as well as looking at it from the perspective of providing an informal space rather than structured services, there's also an element to thinking about this from the perspective that, as I say, not everybody that you perceive to be um, happy and connected is. Um, and, it, and it's really an yeah. individual feeling and it's really different for different people. So one example of that, a young lady that we met um, in, in Market Harbour, she was attending our Coffee Connect van over several weeks and explained to us that her daughter had just gone away to university 
Um, and she was very active. She regularly socialised with friends and she had a support network. So from an outsider, it would appear that she socialised, she engaged in hobbies, but she'd recently been through a bereavement and, and was struggling. And she explained yeah. to us that although she had that support and social network, she didn't feel like anyone within that um, was approachable to share her particular feelings at that time of grief and, and the support that she required th- for, for the bereavement that she unfortunately suffered. From coming to Coffee Connect, having that um, opportunity to speak to somebody that she didn't know, which is sometimes the case, and just offload her feelings yeah. and, and also gain some um, information on signposting of where she could then go for support was really useful for her. And it just further highlights the issue of, of stigma around loneliness too. So it's just an awareness that not everybody that to the eye would seem sociable and, and happy is always um, feeling that way. And deep down, they can be suffering with loneliness. Brilliant. Well, uh, thanks for highlighting the problem. Uh, Amy, and also for dispelling, you know, one of the two of the myths around loneliness. I suppose the key message here is that it's it's not always enough to just offer up social activities. That's not going to be the the magical thing that's going to change things for people out there in the community. Perhaps we all need to do more to encourage involvement and recognise that not everyone wants to always be part of a group, for example, or as you say, people who are part of a group. You can't just assume that they aren't feeling isolated or or, or or don't have somebody to connect to in a way. So, yeah, fantastic stuff. Sometimes it's that one-to-one contact that you talk about that people crave as well, and it doesn't have to be somebody or, or they would prefer it to be somebody that they don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that. Well, thanks. You've certainly put a, a different perspective on loneliness, Amy, and, and good luck with all the hard work you've been putting in there. And of course, the work you're doing there with Village Halls as well. It hasn't been an, e- an easy time, has it? But now there's a real opportunity to turn things around as well. Absolutely. And we're, we're looking forward to um, moving our work forward now that we can and as restrictions ease. And as you say, we know that the issue is going to be there more than ever before. And so we're here and ready to support support communities in any way we can. Brilliant. Well, well thanks again, Amy. And thanks too to our headline sponsor and specialist insurance provider, Allied Westminster, for making our podcast possible and whose services you can discover more about at villageguard.com. And to online booking system provider Hallmaster, who also sponsor our show and who can be found at hallmaster.co.uk. You've been listening to the Village Halls podcast, a unique and listening community for Britain's village, church and community halls and anyone interested in the vital community services they provide. We'll be back again in around two weeks time with another episode. So if you haven't already, please visit thevillagehallspodcast.com to subscribe, sign up for updates link through to our social media pages and to find out more. Until the next time, goodbye for now.